Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 187 of the Find Your Model Health podcast, the podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Linney. I am fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker, and I hope you're keeping really well on this May afternoon as we are moving towards the May long weekend here in Canada and praying for some nice weather. Um, so let's all keep our fingers crossed and our prayers strong. Um, so this week's episode or this episode because lately I've been trying to do two episodes if I can a week if I can Um, but this week's episode we are looking at restless leg syndrome and I don't want to keep this um, episode or have this episode be too long I just want to kind of get straight to a couple of points just to give people a general overview of restless leg syndrome Um, It did pop up in two conversations this week with um, some clients of mine and stuff like this has always kind of been on my mind. It always comes into conversations with me over the years, but I have never actually done a podcast episode on it. So here we go. And I do have a list of some other episodes I'm hoping to do. But as always, if you have a topic you would like me to cover, or if you have a question for me, you can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Shemaine's Model Health. Or you can email me through my website, ShemainesModelHealth.com. So lots of ways to get in touch. Um, so restless leg syndrome, um, or RLS, as we shorten it to. Actually, I don't know anyone who shortens it to that. Maybe a doctor, but anyone I speak to about restless leg syndrome, they say the full title. They don't shorten it. Uh, Anyway, it's a neurological disorder, also known as Willis-Eckbaum disease. Um, Now, restless leg syndrome causes annoying sometimes painful, unpleasant sensations in your legs, along with that kind of urge to move them or constantly be moving them. And for most people, that urge is more intense when you're relaxed or trying to sleep. Um, And this is as, and you're going to understand why that is now as we go through this, um, so the most conce- most serious concern for people with restless leg syndrome is that it interferes with sleep, causing obviously daytime crashing, fatigue, increased insulin resistance, increased inflammation, um, increased potential for diseases down the line because sleep really is number one when it comes to health. I always say to my clients, there's one thing I will not compromise and that is your sleep. So if you're going to bed starving and there's a chance it's going to compromise your sleep, I would rather have you eat something before going to sleep. And I think I touched on that in um, the last podcast episode about not eating before bed. But this is where there's different caveats. There's different circumstances for different people. And this is why we work with someone that can help you navigate through this sea of information. (laughs) But... um, 
Sleep deprivation obviously can put you at risk for other health problems. Most people do not think of that. Most people do not recognize that. They just think, I'm tired, I didn't sleep well, I'm fatigued, I'm irritable, and maybe I have increased hunger or cravings. They don't think of the other potential problems. But restless leg syndrome affects about 10% of the population, 10% um, of Americans, according to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. It can occur at any age. Sometimes in small children, growing pains can get confused for restless leg syndrome. Um, if it's not restless leg syndrome, they'll obviously grow out of it. But it's usually more severe in the in our middle age or later in women especially um, so women are more likely to have restless leg syndrome than men are and there are reasons to that we're going to come back to that in a minute um, but um, at least 80 percent of people with restless leg syndrome have a related condition to their restless leg syndrome. This condition can be called periodic limb movement of sleep um, or shortened to PLMS, which causes the legs to twitch or jerk during sleep. Okay, um, it can happen as often as every 15 to 40 seconds and can continue all night long, which is obviously very annoying. Um, and I paused there because I was trying to think of how I wanted to word it because I'm going to come back to the causes and this PLMS and all in a few minutes. So I'm kind of picking and choosing my words as we go along. Um, but, most people, and there's a general consensus, and I don't actually agree with it, that restless leg syndrome is a lifelong condition with no cure. I don't totally agree with that. Maybe, depending on the individual and their lifestyle, it may be a lifelong condition and they're going to need medication to help manage their symptoms for the rest of their life. But I don't think that's 100% of the people. I don't agree with that. And I think there's a lot of functional health practitioners um, and natural health practitioners that would agree with me. I do think that saying it's a lifelong condition with no cure is more along the convention medicine lines of thinking and not to say anything bad about conventional medicine it definitely does have its time and place and can be life-saving but there's some theories that I don't agree with and not just from my own understanding of health but also uh, my own experience with working with clients over the years as well so um, but anyway what are the symptoms of restless leg syndrome well kind of what you would think restless legs they twitch they move they shake um, some people feel unusual sensations like tingling or even like crawling or like blood flutters through their legs or even a pulling sensation in the leg and then movement can help improve these sensations because movement of course improves circulation um, If you have a mild case of restless leg sy syndrome, your symptoms 
may not even occur every night and there's a reason for that um, and then you might attribute these movements to restlessness or nervousness anxiety or stress um, whereas if you have a more severe case of restless leg syndrome it is more severe it's harder to ignore it can even make the simplest activities like going to the cinema or going on a plane or a train or being a passenger in a car difficult annoying uncomfortable um, but people with restless leg syndrome um, of course they are going to be more likely to have trouble resting regenerating falling asleep um, because these symptoms are worse at night why is why are these symptoms worse at night we might as well get into that um, well the reason that restless leg syndrome symptoms are worse at night is because at nighttime our cortisol drops and cortisol of course is an anti-inflammatory hormone so cortisol is an immune response that pushes down inflammation um, and it's a protective response so during the day especially early in the day and of course this will vary individual to individual depending on your lifestyle if you have adrenal issues and stuff but generally most of us have higher cortisol first thing in the morning and then as we're pottering around and getting through our day our cortisol starts to drop and then at night time we pretty much should have zero cortisol um, and this is where that inflammation can then start to peak even more now melatonin does step in and put us asleep but the inflammation then kind of gets to run free reigns and this is why many people will wake up in the morning and their autoimmune issues or symptoms are worse in the morning this is why you're stiffer in the morning if you have arthritis it'll be it'll be more painful you will be more stiff in the morning until that cortisol kicks into action and then pushes down the inflammation and this is so important when we look at the causes that is why our restless leg syndrome is more severe at night more annoying at night more prominent at night it, it pretty much becomes active at night because our cortisol is gone when we sleep so back to the symptoms symptoms usually affect both sides of the body but some people can have it on only one side in mild cases symptoms can come and go um and that I would put that down to your state of inflammation on a daily slash weekly slash monthly basis. Some people maybe are more inflamed on certain days of the week. If that's the case, then at night their symptoms are going to be worse. And some people are more inflamed at certain times of the month, let's say around menstruation, their symptoms may be worse there. If you're constantly in a state of chronic inflammation, from some sort of chronic disorder related to something else, not directly the restless leg syndrome, or um, let's say really bad nutrition, really poor lifestyle, alcohol, that sort of thing, then you could have severe restless leg syndrome every night. And if you hadn't listened to this podcast episode, you wouldn't 
connect the dots and understand, well, hey, maybe it is my nutrition and lifestyle that is causing this restless leg syndrome um, to be worse. Um, so you can, with the symptoms, they can come and go, I believe, depending on lifestyle. Uh, when we use movement and we see it relieves symptoms, of course, we've got our circulation there, which improves blood flow, fluid flow. So that's how it relieves the symptoms. Um, and yeah, so let's move on to the causes because this is this is the interesting part this is this is where i want people to understand the root cause of what's causing their health issue so they say or health practitioners used to say that the cause of restless leg syndrome is a mystery there may be a genetic predisposition and an environmental trigger but again, I don't believe that at all. If you have a, even a general understanding of the body and health, you can connect the dots and say, well, no, restless leg syndrome is not a mystery. One, if there's a genetic predisposition, then it's not a mystery. And then an environmental trigger like poor nutrition, like alcohol, like... Um, lack of exercise, whatever other things may be causing you inflammation, that is your environmental trigger. So I wanted to just read you a little bit out of an, well, I suppose we'd call it a research study called Restless Leg Syndrome's Theoretical Roles of Inflammatory and Immune Mechanisms. So um, this article basically states that theories for restless leg syndrome pathogenesis include iron deficiency, there's our poor nutrition, dopamine dysregulation, now that can be a genetic thing, but that also can be um, an inflammation and poor nutrition thing as well. Peripheral neuropathy um, usually can be fixed when we address inflammation and nutrition. Um, and then the increased prevalence of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth in control studies in restless leg syndrome and case reports of post-infectious restless leg syndrome suggest potential roles for inflammation and immunological alterations. So again, we come back to that inflammation potentially driven by poor lifestyle and nutrition practices, which means if it is driven by that, then we can undo it we can fix it so um, the study or the research paper goes on to say all of these conditions were reviewed with respect to potential pathogenesis including reports of iron deficiency neuropathy SIBO inflammation and immune changes and then if we continue down we see it says overall 42 of the 47 restless leg syndrome associated conditions have also been associated with inflammatory and or immune changes. In addition, 43% associated with peripheral iron deficiency, 40% with peripheral neuropathy, 32% with SIBO. This again brings us back to inflammation. One of the causes I believe of restless leg syndrome is inflammation. Your symptoms will get worse if you are practicing an inflammatory lifestyle, nutrition, whatever during the day. 
restless leg syndrome symptoms are driven by inflammation. If you address the inflammation, then you will see a big improvement in your restless leg syndrome symptoms. So earlier we mentioned that restless leg syndrome generally affects women in their middle age more. Why is that? Not to sound like a broken record, but that is because of inflammation. As women get older, as women and men get older, we generally have increased instances of inflammation because of many things, um, stem cell production, enzyme production, obviously lifestyle practices. Um, then we also have the change in the hormones specifically with women. So as women start to move through that kind of middle age part of their life of course we get the changes in our estrogen and progesterone which directly impacts insulin and thus inflammation and vice versa because insulin and inflammation very much go hand in hand so this is why i believe that as women get older these um Restless leg syndrome diagnoses become more prominent and then symptoms worsen with age. So, and we know that as we get older, our blood starts to age. And as our blood ages, we get inflamed blood. And you can get inflamed blood. And we see this with blood pressure. We see this with migraines, headaches, um, cardiovascular issues. So obviously if you're inflamed in your blood and then your tissues are inflamed, your symptoms are going to be a lot worse. Um, and then when we come back to what I said about the twitching in the leg, so what we call the PLMS or periodic limb movement of sleep, so legs twitching, jerking. Normally when I hear twitching, jerking, cramps, spasms, tingling, numbness in the tissues, I'm thinking mineral deficiencies, I'm thinking B vitamin deficiencies. And one thing we know is that minerals are absolutely essential for pushing down inflammation. So this PLMS potentially driven by inflammation but also made worse when there is poor nutrition and a lack of minerals. So you see how we start to connect the dots as we go along and we're, we're, we're looking at the symptoms, we're understanding what's going on but we're taking a step back and like hold on a second well, what do we know about inflammation? What does it cause? Of course, it damages our nerves, it damages blood flow, it damages lymphatic system. What else do we know is caused or driven by inflammation? Well, carpal tunnel syndrome is one. Carpal tunnel syndrome is caused by inflammation. Inflammation causing swelling and pressure on your wrist or in a specific area in your forearm that basically squashes your median nerve. Um, and this is where we see carpal tunnel syndrome. So with that understood, well, we're, well okay, if um, restless leg syndrome then is a neurological issue as well, what is 
squashing those nerves or affecting those nerve or those neurons what's happening there well in order for something to be squashed we would have to inflame that area so this all comes back to inflammation now I did say yes there are some genetic predispositions but if there's one thing we know about genetic predispositions we have to turn those genetic traits on there has to be that environmental trigger that's going to be your nutrition lack of sleep lifestyle practices alcohol toxic exposure um, stuff like that now when it comes back to um, and this makes me think of a client I was thinking of the other night when I started asking about her family health history more than 40% of people with restless leg syndrome have some family history not specifically of the condition in their family but an inflammation condition so then when i started asking about her family i saw there was good issues there was diabetes issues um, there was blood pressure issues so again all connected to inflammation so it started to make sense and i was like well now i have to do um, an episode on this to help people understand like i mentioned earlier there is believed and in that research article that i cited and if you want it i'll happily send it to you but if you go on to pubmed and search restless leg syndrome theoretical roles of inflammatory and immune mechanisms um, they mention that the are there is a connection to iron deficiency in restless leg syndrome which kind of makes sense to me because um you do need your minerals and your B vitamins to help your body absorb and utilize iron properly. When we don't have minerals and B vitamins, we see those twitching, spasms, cramps in the tissue. So it makes sense. Um, but there may be a connection between restless leg syndrome and low levels of iron in the brain, even when blood tests show that your iron level is normal. And that's something to just understand. Um, and then, of course, we see that there may be a disruption in the dopamine pathways in the brain, um, like Parkinson's disease is also related to dopamine. And many people that have Parkinson's also have restless leg syndrome. Um, some of the medications used with Parkinson's disease um, patients will also help with restless leg syndrome. So that's super interesting I think um, but then there's again our triggers I've mentioned inflammatory molecules through nutrition the number one most inflammatory molecule I believe is going to be your polyunsaturated fats your toxic trans fats vegetable oils greasy foods then overconsumption of sugar um, and then we're looking at alcohol toxins sedentary lifestyle then poor sleep which kind of sounds contradictory because if you have restless leg syndrome then you're not sleeping well that means we would have to address the restless leg syndrome the inflammation there through nutrition and lifestyle practices while trying to improve sleep so there's a lot there um allergies can make it worse because obviously allergies most allergies are um inflammation driven um depression can make it worse and there's many reasons for that including the dopamine pathway being impacted um but there is a lot here now um 
I could go through the risk factors, but I think I've already done that. I think you, your biggest takeaway from this is if there is a lot of inflammation in your body, your restless leg syndrome symptoms are going to be worse. If you're a woman that's going through the middle stage of her life and her hormones are changing and inflammation has a tendency to rise and blood becomes inflamed, then your symptoms may be worse. So we want to look at nutrition, lifestyle practices. If you see there's a history of inflammatory diseases or disorders in your family, then um, your risk of restless leg syndrome may be there. Uh, pregnancy, I didn't mention that, but some women will develop restless leg syndrome during pregnancy, especially in the last trimester. And that is generally because of inflammation and poor circulation and there may be some nutritional deficiencies there as well depending on what the woman is eating because the baby is obviously soaking up a lot of the nutrition in that third trimester. Some medications can aggravate symptoms of restless leg syndrome because again they're inflammatory like antihistamines. Antihistamines shut off um, that cortisol anti-inflammatory response allowing your symptoms to just run rampant um, and then I, there may be a connection between different ethnicities but I don't agree with that 100% either when we look at all the other um, variables and lifestyle factors. But lastly, we're going to leave it at this. Having restless leg syndrome obviously is going to affect your overall health in the immediate and the long term, including your quality of life. Um, if you have restless leg syndrome um, and chronic sleep deprivation and chronic inflammation, of course, you're going to be at higher risk of heart disease, stroke, diabetes, kidneys, depression, uh, cancer, early death, Alzheimer's, all that fun stuff. So um, if if I didn't just bring this whole episode down, then I just brought it down even more. Um, it really does come back to, and it always does, <coughs> excuse me, good nutrition, an anti-inflammatory diet, balance insulin, balance the hormones, have an active lifestyle, make sure you've got sleep. If you're worried about long-term health issues, be proactive, act now, take it seriously, uh, and you can prevent a lot of these issues, and you can see it pretty fast. You can see improvements in biomarkers really fast, like your restless leg syndrome can improve in... <coughs> A night or two like it's that quick many of my clients will attest to how amazed they are when their negative biomarkers or negative symptoms improve in like three days some well a lot of my sleep clients their sleep improves on night one but stuff like this can happen really fast but it's up to you to educate yourself and then be proactive um, and yes I'm going to leave that at that um, I hope you found this really informative, um, especially with the carpal tunnel um, issue. I see that a lot, a lot. I see a lot of people get surgery for carpal tunnel syndrome, not understanding that if they just addressed their inflammation and like 
took it really seriously and I don't mean to be an ass saying that but if they took it really seriously and addressed their inflammation then they wouldn't have needed the surgery surgery which is life-changing um, any surgery is life-changing your body will never be the same again after surgery but I hope you found this really interesting if you know anyone that would benefit from this information please do share with them sharing is caring and of course, as I always say, now is the time that we all become more empowered to take care of our health and understand what's happening in our body. Um, if you have any questions, shoot them my way. I'll be happy to answer, happy to cover any podcast topics that you would like. And if you feel I deserve it, um, please feel free to leave me a review on your favorite podcast player. Um, it does help me reach more people when you leave reviews. It makes the podcast and the episodes more popular. Um, and that, of course, in turn helps people learn about me and what I do and helps my small business. Well, thank you all very much for joining me and spending some of your day with me. I hope you all have a really wonderful long weekend. I think we all deserve it, especially us moms who've been homeschooling for the last two weeks. So really, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you have lots of laughter, lots of fun, little to no down um, phone time after you listen to this podcast episode. Um, and I will talk to you guys again real soon. Okay, bye-bye.